Welcome to the Link Adelaide podcast. My name is Steve Moylan, and today I've got another artist from the 2015 Adelaide Fringe. And I'm joined on the line by Tim Motley, who is back in the 2015 Adelaide Fringe Festival with Dirk Darrow and the Best of Fringe Variety. Um, how are you doing, Tim? I'm pretty good, man. How are you? All right, thank you. Uh, good to have you back in Adelaide. Oh, you. The <laughs> <laughs> pleasure's the- mine. Last time we spoke, uh, I think it was about 2012, we interviewed about uh, interviewed you about the Dirk Darrow show. Yes. Um, and Dirk Darrow is back, and I think he's done this show before, two Ruby Knockers and one Jaded Dick in yes. a Dirk Darrow investigation. Uh, I've done, this is my second Dirk show with this character of Dirk Darrow, who's a yeah. comedy psychic detective. And um, the first, uh, both shows have toured around the world, uh, and... Both have been hits. Uh, the um, Dirk Darrow has been a hit more overseas, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, Two Ruby Knockers has been a hit here in Australia as well as overseas. Uh, and um, the first one uh, was was a experiment to see if it was possible to mix in, you know, magic and a plot, and it was entertainment by any means possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was called Dirk Darrow and not completely serious supernatural investigator. And this one, uh, which stands alone, uh, it has its own, is completely independent and all different material, all different tricks, all different jokes, and all different plot. Uh, you don't have to see one to see the other at all. Uh, but this one is actually a prequel to the first one, right? Okay. And this cool. this one I came in with a different approach. This one I only did because in all my research of noir for the first show which I did a lot of, because I didn't like have a fascination with noir as a kid or something. I, I liked comic books, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had, a, uh, I, I had to research the, for the role. And in doing so, I ran across uh, quite a number of things that I really liked. And the thing that really stood out to me was Dashiell Hammett, who uh, is kind of the granddaddy of all noir. He's uh, the author of The Maltese Falcon and some other famous crime stories. He was a writer in the like the early 20th century. His heyday was about the 19-teens or so, right? Mm. Uh, so it was like 100 years ago. Uh, and I fell in love with this one short story uh, that he wrote called The Big Knockover, uh, which I, it, I've looked and I'm pretty sure it has never been uh, used for any other medium. It's just a short story. It never got adapted to anything, not even a radio play or something, right? Mm. Uh, whereas many of his became big movies. Uh, this one just kind of uh, got forgotten, and I, I just, I just really liked the story, and I wanted to tell it. So this one has a much stronger narrative than the first one, which is why I think it's been critically reviewed a bit better. So the average review rating on this from the, from the broadsheets from the newspaper is like is four and a half stars so far. That's uh, great. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. And it's been, and it's been selling like hotcakes. Uh, mm. And I also, you know, and I know the tricks are all new too. And I, uh, so you know, he, because I have, I put so much work into these shows because it's the story, and I have to write only jokes around the character. But then I also have to actually do the knuckle crunching sleight of hand. Uh, and I had to learn a whole new skill set for the tricks in this show. Uh, so it, it took a while. It took about two years to to put the show together. Uh, and uh, yeah. So I, I, both shows, however, premiered in Adelaide Fringe, as it happens, and uh, really that's just by chance. It was not mm. intentional. Uh, it just happened to be that's the festival where I kicked kicked off both shows. Probably something to do with the beginning of the year, right? Yeah. Uh, 
And uh, yeah, uh, so this show kicked off. The first, its premiere was in uh, last year in Adelaide, but mm-hmm. I only got one, a one-week run out of it, and it sold out most of that uh, oh, right. in uh, in Gluttony. Yeah, uh, and it surprised everyone. The, uh, <laughs> the director of Gluttony, <laughs> he's like, "What are those cues about, Tim?" <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and I was like, "Well, uh, I don't know. I'm doing all right, right?" And uh, yeah. He, he wasn't aware that I've been touring around the world at NCSSI. I've racked up all these reviews and, and mm. awards and stuff, right? I've, I've got six, six, uh, I've won six Fringe Festivals now uh, since I premiered Dirk Barrow in uh, uh, 2011 in That's Adelaide really Fringe. Cool. So, uh, like, four Best of the Fringe, which is like the equivalent of the pick of the Fringe here, is the award in Adelaide. And, yeah. a, and a funniest show and a critic's pick. And so, you know. So I've done pretty well. With all You're doing things. okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I just do my thing. I follow my own. Everyone said it wouldn't work. And I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think it could work. And I tried it. And, you know, at first I tried it as a cabaret bit. And then I expanded into a, a work. People like the character. It's a one-man show. And now this one is, is much more story-based. Uh, yeah. And the people seem to gobble it up. It's a weird thing because... It, it works particularly well for fringes because anything goes in a fringe. There's mm. no there's no rules about genre. So this is such a weird cross genre thing that I'm doing uh, that it really doesn't fly anywhere else. Like no one no one hires a storyteller to do a gig, right? It just doesn't happen. True. But, True. You know, you, you hire a comedian, you hire a magician, you hire a juggler, whatever. You, you know, it's not a real market, but. But the story-based show it seems to be uh, the punters like it, you know, and the, the newspapers seem to like it. Although Advertiser hasn't uh, reviewed it yet, and I don't think they're going to this year either. But, uh, that's you know, they got a lot more shows to deal with now than oh, they well. ever did before. You know, <laughs> oh well, what are you gonna do? Yeah, exactly. Um, now I, just, I wanted to ask you because you mentioned before that uh, you grew up mainly with. Uh, comic books rather than a film noir thing. Now, I would have thought there would be certain similarities between the kind of ways that film noir is put together in terms of very very structured storytelling devices and things that are very similar to comic books. Have you found some of that? Well, that's true, and there are, there are some tie-ins. For example, um, uh, early comic books, uh, they, uh, they weren't superheroes. Superheroes kicked off with Superman in the 1930s and then Batman one year later, and then the Marvel ones came a bit later than that. Um, but uh, the comic books existed before then, and they were generally either horror stories or detective stories. In mm. fact, that's why Batman, the 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 longest running, second longest running comic book of all time, uh, it's not it's not called Batman. It's called Detective Comics, starring Batman, right? Mm. Because because there's a tradition of uh, detective based comics, and when you read some of these early detective yarns, like uh, the Dashiell Hammett stuff in particular. Raymond Chandler is a, 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 to a lesser extent because he does the flowery monologues, but the, the Dashiell Hammett ones, it really is like just terse and full of action. You can see how Pulp Fiction, it was like um, it took the place of comic books before comic books existed. You can see reading those for the ooh, the excitement of it because it's, it's, it's not flowery. There's not long pages of descriptions of things. There's not uh, going to the emotional states of the characters and none of that. If this happened, then that happened, then, oh, look out, that happened. You know, mm. it's, that's kind of how it's written. And it's exciting, and it's like it's, uh, it manages to keep a real fast pace. Sometimes things don't happen for ages in noir and in those stories, but it, it maintains a, like a 
fast pace without actually doing anything, <laughs> which is kind of like me, right? <laughs> and then you got to adapt into your into the tricks as well, into that kind of into that very strict kind of genre of noir, which is really exciting. Well, I try. I've had reviewers say exactly that. I, actually, they they say a lot. Oh, he's laconic and he's he doesn't. You know, it seems it seems to be fast paced, but an action would not have anything actually happening for ages, right? It's just a it's it's a lot to do with the, the meter of the and the tempo of how I spit out the words, right? Mm. I mean, Maya looked like a million bucks, and she smelled like a jasmine orchard in an orange grove in a wheat field on a dewy spring morning during Indian sunrise on a leap year. So everything's got that da 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 poof da 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 poof, right? And then mm. it's kind of hypnotic after a while. People, they, they fall into the rhythm of my speech, right? And descriptions in, like, just you saying that then, that's that's what I really love about noir, that all these kind of descriptions of the detective being overly flowery and overly descriptive about stuff, and then you can take it with comedy to somewhere that's going to just take people off on a left turn and give them a laugh as well. Huh. That's what I do, right? <laughs> that's the goal. Absolutely. That's the goal. Seems to, it seems to be going all right, you know? Yeah. So this awesome. year I've come back for a two-and-a-half week run. So I've come back, the fellow, you know, they felt it was justified, got me. So, no, yeah, sure. Why not? Now we just got to sell you some tickets. Yeah, sell some tickets. Uh, sales are pretty all right, actually. I just had a look for the first time yesterday. I just got back from Perth Fringe. Yeah. Uh, and Christchurch War Buskers before that. So this is, this is kind of my... Um, Winter tour from, uh, mm-hmm. from right. So I go boom, boom, boom. I've got these four in a row in the Melbourne Comedy Festival, and then I've got like ten overseas uh, as oh, soon as wow. as soon as that's over. So but I live here in Melbourne. I like yeah. Melbourne, but yeah. I don't spend much time here anymore. No. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. And I just actually got a booking on Broadway. Ooh, Ooh technically, really? technically off Broadway, but not off off Broadway with, with this show. with someone, someone wanted to put it on there. So that's exciting. That's, that's so cool. In, in September, you know. Awesome. After uh, this season of fringing it up, and yeah. of course they also have another show running. Uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get to that in a sec. I just want to I'll give this one a plug. Uh, oh, yeah. Two Ruby Knockers, one Jaded Dicker, Dirk Darrow investigation is on at the Bally at Gluttony uh, from the thirteenth of February. So uh, coming up at the very beginning of Fringe, right through till the first of March. Uh, tickets are on sale through Fringe. Ticks and more details at AdelaideFringe.com.au and LinkAdelaide.com.au. And as you just teased, you have another show here in Adelaide for the Fringe, uh, a yep. bit more cabaret bent, and yep. uh, you're doing some hosting work for Best of Fringe Variety. Yes. Uh, that's the brainchild of uh, Patrick McCullough, myself, and mm-hmm. myself. He's, a, he's another uh, comedian magician. He's an Irish fellow, uh, like uh, me, but he's more... Um, he doesn't go in for all that fancy narrative hijinks. He thinks I'm, you know, <laughs> a bit too artsy for him sometimes. Uh, but he is a good entertainer. He certainly is. He, he can really work a crowd. And he's bam, 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 like that. Trick, 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 joke, 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 joke. Um, and, yeah, so we take turns on seeing it, as we have for the last, this, I think this is the fourth or fifth. I think it's the fourth year we've done this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and the concept is really simple. You know, over a bottle of whiskey about five years ago, we were both doing our solo shows on the fringe. We were like, and we were doing spots in the various, um, you know, comedy lineup shows there in the Adelaide fringe. And go yeah. from one to the other and the other. And of course, we're not just comedians. We do tricks, right? We have stuff. And, and we're like, how come there's no show for guys who do tricks, right? And mm-hmm. we're like, huh, there's really not. There's, there's, there's this show, and there's that show, there's so many uh, lineup shows, there's, they're all stand-up and stand-up only. Like, we should do one. 
So, you know, it was like, it's a bit ballsy, but we did it. And uh, it, it turned out pretty well. Um, the first couple of years, we did ran a kind of like a stand-up room, because uh, mm -hmm. uh, he's run a stand-up room before, and I've been a stand-up comedian before, and we know how that works, right? And we ran it, you know, MC, act, MC, act, MC, act, like that. And it went okay, not bad. We made a profit, you know, people were happy. But the audience is maybe half full uh, on average, right? So, you know, and then, uh, you know, we get full on the weekends, but that was it. But last year, we had a, um, we changed the format, and we also got a venue that was more suited to it, which we're back in this year, which is um, like a, um, not a Spiegel, but like that kind of idea. Like, an, it's a kind of semi-thrust in the round, but smaller, uh, more intimate. It's like 120-seater, and it's uh, raised seats, and it feels like you're right in their face. Uh, and uh, it, it makes a nice, more intimate atmosphere for the tricks. And we, and we changed the format, made it more cabaret and, and less stand-up. In fact, we don't have very many uh, stand-up comedians at all anymore because most of them find it difficult to follow a guy, you know, who just did whatever, just uh, blew a bagpipe off his head or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but we, uh, the, 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 from the very beginning, I had this concept of uh, never to the same type of act in the same night. You know, five, mm -hmm. It was four genres, uh, four acts, four genres every night. Now it's five acts, five genres every night because we've, we've cut down on the MC a bit. We've changed the format. There's, a, uh, there's half the stage time for the MC. We, we get more to the content, and it's, it's a much slicker show. That Last year was a real... Um, kind of a sea change for that show really the shift of the whole show got went from yeah competent and decent and fun to do to slick right it, it, no, feel it. it went to slick cabaret and we sold out like 25 out of 30 nights last year uh, so that's i think fantastic. people maybe noticed or maybe we just built momentum from the years i don't know and yeah sales look pretty good for this year too so i expect it'll be something similar yeah. uh but uh but the, i don't really care about that i just wanted to Try, you know, making a show that was for everyone, that anyone can do, providing they're, mm. you know, well, good enough. Providing they have a slick five to ten minute routine, come on in, you know. And yeah. So you, sometimes it'll be a puppet, sometimes it'll be a clown, sometimes it'll be a hula hooper, an acrobat, magician, juggler, you know. Uh, we don't have, we, ne we don't put like, oh, must have, we'll take bubble blowers, we'll take, we, have, we are open to absolutely everyone, which is unusual, I think. Yeah. Because a lot of these, so cool. these shows, you know, they're who you know, and or uh, you know, or they're just one specific. A lot of them are just stand-up comedy, or uh, whatever, you know, or they only take names or whatever, or or they're just bad, right? But which <laughs> you know, we, we want to have a certain threshold. It's got to be slick. It's got to be tight. Um, and if and we take gambles all the time, you know, we, we send us our video links and we'll have a look and. Yeah, keep an open mind. We do know a lot of people from the industry. Probably know mm. half the people at the festival, so we have a pretty good idea of a lot of them. But there's, you know, we, there's always new guys, right? We, in fact, I just just today I booked a pair of jugglers I'd never heard of before. They sent me a video clip, and I went, "That's a good act. You're in." <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and that's such a fun thing that you can do during the Adelaide Fringe as well. There's there's so many people around, and it's about with a variety show like that is oh, it's a not only do you get to have something. Thing so many different things every night and so many different things throughout the fringes you get to just go right people are going to see your show or you know your your something really brilliant that i've discovered come I'd in you get a 20, chance to see them and yeah to 
totally. 20% of the acts we've booked are just people I've, I've uh, bumped into or seen at the artist bar <laughs> after mm-hmm. hours having a drink, right? <laughs> and they're like, oh, you're that guy who runs that show. I'm like, yeah, okay, what do you do, you know? <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, so, people can so, check. So if there are any artists out there who want to be in the show, come talk to me, you know? I'm the guy usually wearing the uh, Dirk Darrow hat, the gray fedora, right? Yeah, so go oh, see Dirk Darrow and then hit you up after the show. Or yeah, the yeah, bar. even better. There you go. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks, Tim. And Best of Fringe Variety is on at Gluttony's La Petite Grande uh, right throughout the Fringe. Uh, It's on each night around 7.45 and a big variety every night, so you can go many, many times and see many, many different acts that are playing also in the Fringe as well. Uh, Tim, tickets on sale again through Fringe Ticks and more details at adelaidefringe.com.au and linkadelaide.com.au. Tim Motley, it's been excellent having a chat to you again and uh, good luck with Dirk Darrow and the Best of Fringe Variety in 2015. Always a pleasure, Stephen. For more, visit linkadelaide.com.au, check us out at facebook.com forward slash linkadelaide, or tweet us at linkadelaide.